Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. No one who's listening to this in England gives a damn about wrestling at the moment, do they? No one cares. Football. Football. <laughs> Does, because... This is what I've always said, you know, I love football, but I hate football fans predominantly. Should we now, as a tribute to the morons in the crowd at Wembley, all get COVID and take our shirts off and wave them around our heads? Why not? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy England are doing great and stuff, but you're a little concerned with, you know, 60,000 people all spunking all over each other and then the other 100,000 or whatever in the streets in London or in cities across the UK. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Ollie literally sent us a message yesterday being like, I'm convinced I've got COVID now. <laughs> so there we go. I was going to say, what a price to pay. How desperate are England's to win a trophy? Well, we'll get 60,000 people infected with COVID. They'll go and celebrate in all the pubs and bars. So by the time the season starts, no one will actually be allowed to go to football grounds because they'll either all be dead or have to be isolating. What a jolly start to the pod. <laughs> it, it's almost worth losing all those idiots just to watch a game with fans, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, joking, I, obviously. I, I, Dark humour on this podcast. This is not Wrestle Talk. Just to clarify, I, I was going to say, you know, one of one of the things, and you know, we'll get onto our subject matter going forward. But it's the implication tax. It's the implication. <laughs> no, the. the <laughs> Having AEW with fans this week oh, in Miami. I love that show so much. It was so much fun. Apart from that one cunt, obviously. But we don't have to talk about him. No, no, no. That actually, if anything, made it. Because obviously I had Jericho waiting to punch him once security had firm control of him. Well, yeah. I mean, God, I saw the clip of the, the guy being dragged out and he didn't look like he was um, 100% in control of his faculties, what that's due to. I wouldn't want to speculate. So I feel a bit bad about mocking him or something, but you don't jump in a ring, man. Like the first show back with a full arena and someone tries to jump in the ring or whatever. It's just like, come on, man. Like, no, don't do that. But now, as I said, like, who knows the reasons why? So, I mean, it's, it's why I stopped picking on people on Twitter as well. Like, I, I don't know who I'm picking on, you know? And also, you know, a lot of these guys just got released from WWE. So obviously they're going to try and get camera time. <laughs> It's Murphy jumping the barrier. You know? yeah. <laughs> Braun Strowman trying to get his main event push. Sorry, Strawn Bro- Stra- Broman. <laughs> Strawn Broman really let himself go over the last month. Yeah. Although, in fairness, Strawn Broman looks hench as ever. You know, he's isn't he bald now? Like properly, like shaped properly beard bald. And everything. Um, got a more Why sort not? of toned, sort of more shaped beard, but. That whole it's kind of Hollywood, man. Fuck wrestling. Why would you bother with wrestling if you're that guy? Yeah, agreed. But on the subject of wrestling, the Hangman tease. Oh, oh. <laughs> so- someone in WWE's oh. admin department needs to get fired. <laughs> You've got ninety <laughs> days, mate. Have I? <laughs> Talk dirty to me, tax. Talk dirty to me. Oh, Ali um, Black in AW. Tommy Ends, Malachi, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> and the Hangman. Oh, oh, talk dirty to me. I love when wrestling's good. I'm touching my nipples, I feel hard. <laughs> JR having a double, a fantastic double head for me. Another wonderful episode of WWE Dynamite, followed by Tommy End or whatever he's calling himself these days. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. <laughs> oh, oh, we don't need your blood oh. money, Tony Khan. Next week we'll have AEW <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> she stole our joke. <laughs> unbelievable next time we do a Saudi show she's gonna have to come on 
mate, my, when she delivered that, I was watching it going, oh, Britt Baker's awesome. She's so good. And then she dropped that Saudi line and my jaw hit the floor. And it was about two segments later that I was like, what did she say? <laughs> I was like, she's got balls of steel. What a woman. She's fucking awesome. Also, childish humor. Hey, uh, Uno, <laughs> what's, what's the capital of Thailand? <laughs> Bangkok, wallop. <laughs> well played, Kenny. Childish humor. I love it. The what was it? Uh, Uno tweeting later that evening. Oh, Bangkok! I get it. <laughs> it was just so funny. I'm really disappointed because um, a couple of months ago, I was because I like you know obviously Conan's very kind. He's done our intro for this. Conan obviously on AEW, so we like to see our, our boy on there. I oh. <laughs> I was going to like. Well, some of these wrestlers aren't overly being responsive to my request. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pay them on Cameo to do it. I was, and I thought, and Uno was on my list. And I started listing out price a couple of months ago. I was like, okay, that's doable. Ch- jug on to Cameo last night thinking, yeah, maybe I should go ahead and get a couple of these done. Uno? Fuck me, Uno. <laughs> You've gone up. He's a star now. It's with exactly. AEW. They've gone TNT, brother. He's verified, money, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm um, like, uh, I know we'll get on to WWE 2014 eventually on this podcast. <laughs> but... I've got to say, AEW leaves me immensely emotional after every single show at the moment. And it's, I, I honestly think it's the best wrestling has ever been. Like, Ooh. I know that's a massive statement, but you think about, I, I really started trying to process this thought over the last 24 hours. So I wanted to bring it up on the pod. <laughs> you think about every bit of wrestling you really, really love. There's things that are great about it. But it never has everything. Like, you know, I love the new era and I love the Attitude Era. But did it truly have the constant level of amazing matches and spots and stuff? And did it have, you know, it had plenty of amazing stuff. It had great kind of R-rated promos and characters and stuff. But did it really have the, the, the immense quality of matches and the long-term storytelling? Not so sure. You know, I love the last 10 years worth of new japan there's some amazing intriguing deep stories there but it doesn't have the silliness and the fun of like modern AEW. it definitely doesn't have the promos for me and the, the character work and backstage segments and stuff even though you know it's got lots of really good stuff you know i think about every bit of wrestling i really love and it has great things about it but aw has everything i love about wrestling every single week is just constantly leaves me like almost in tears of joy like <laughs> i don't want to be over dramatic about it but it's the truth man the key thing to aw is it's run and booked by a fan of the yeah. independence so you get that as you said like this week's episode of dynamite there was literally everything i would want as a pro wrestling fan, even going as far as Andrade wearing a gimp mask and a slip off top of a suit, which pops mm. me big time. It shouldn't have done, but things like that. It's. I'm assuming you didn't get the why he was wearing that stuff. Was this his stuff back it's... on CMWL? Kinda. In, yes, is the simplest way to put it. It's, it's a reference to his start of Los Ingobernables, which, for those that don't know, started in Mexico and then transitioned across to Japan with Naito. It's actually a Mexican stable, um, and the, the character, the 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 
stuff he was wearing that night is a, is a cartoon character called Black Mask, which is like, so he's basically cosplaying like a, a comic book character is essentially what it boils down to. Uh, okay. It was what he was doing in Los Ingobernables when they first started. I mean, as a sidebar, because I, I saw some people on Twitter, so I go, oh, Andrade's first month in AW has been nothing. It's been dull. It's just been interrupted. It's a case of... He's a heel. That's he's, the point. And <laughs> more importantly, how Tony Khan books things. Like, I shared that thread on Twitter about that entire story of Hangman from day dot in AEW all the way to where we are now. Yeah. They actually have a booking plan. So it's a case of, I'm not going to let Andrade go and sign for New Japan or impact i need to sign him and i need to get him on tv but it's going to take me a month to run through some stories and switch things around so i can actually get him into a worthwhile angle it's the same thing like when miro started he was dog shit he was a computer game i mean some of it was funny but it's it's like you see the anxiety of not being in wwe like there's a certain pressure with AEW where like this is the new kid on the block look at the quality of matches and stories we're telling you need to live up to this. And I think even guys like Andrade and Miro, you know, there's there's a panic almost. There's a nervousness. I haven't wrestled for six months. I've got to come into this company with all these amazingly talented wrestlers who are being showcased amazingly at the same time. It's it's nerve-wracking. You could see eight like um Andrade last night working up to his character, working up to his spots. Like it was awkward at first. And I would say the same for Miro. But now Miro, and I was a lot, especially Miro as an example. You know, oh. for, for however many oh. years. He's basically been told, go out and read this. And if you just, that becomes autopilot. And you saw his promos at the start with Kip Sabian. And it was, they were a bit ropey. And now he's found his character. And he goes, I'm going to put throw in a couple of fun lines at the start about being God's champion. I want to thank, again, I said it last time, but I want to thank my wife. For, sorry, I want to thank God for giving me the strength and making my wife flexible. And I was like, <laughs> yes. Calling himself the Redeemer. And that line, I'll never forget the line to um darby allen where he's like you have a death wish i am the man who will kill you and i'm like holy fuck you can't say that but as soon as he says it you're just like that's a bad guy character right there but it's it's not so cool it's like nwo you know what i mean that it it gets over but it's like he's still a dick in the last match last week with pillman pillman was a brilliant babyface in that match and he's coming a long way in a very short time. I think that kid's got so much potential. But Miro, realizing he's getting some face pops, so slowing down, winding up the crowd, being a dick, and having the freedom to be able to do that without being told exactly how it needs to be done and such. And, oh, I love it so much, Tax. You think about their main event scene and their mid-card scene and how many guys they're slotting in that can suddenly interchange and such. Like, it is starting to get a bit like they've got a lot of very, very talented people on that card and need to be a bit careful about how many guys they bring across from WWE or the Indies or whatever. Like we need a, we need a we need some stars. We need to make some stars, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but they're doing they're doing th- it slowly. Doing I think with Rampage job. coming. I think that's gonna be where a lot of these guys who need to establish their characters going because obviously dark and dark elevation are great for getting up the wins and loss records so it looks good mm-hmm. for the rankings um but i agree they can't keep going signing these people but the people they've signed are the people who should have been main event best players guys. in wwe <laughs> miro andrade tommy ends you know even those, those three guys right yeah. there those three guys should be wwe's next generation yeah you hands know? down but I, I mean and this is this is the problem 
you know, this emphasizes, and going back to your original point, you know, I I believe AEW is hands down the best wrestling product today. Is it the best wrestling of all time? It's arguable it could be, because obviously every time you and me have gone back and looked at the Attitude Era for stuff like this, there's moments. But if we were honest when we've gone back and covered right the Attitude Era stuff... I just heard like a loud bang and then you cut out. Are you all right? Did you sell? <laughs> yeah. basic, basically, I've seen ROH won't allow people having streamers. I can't wrestle at the moment, so I'm having to bump at home. Just get in there. Maybe on the pod, that would just be you talking. But for me on this, because we're obviously we can't be in person quite yet still. I guess we almost can. Anyway, we're not. We're doing it remotely. I heard a bang and then just nothing. And then you just continue talking. I was like, hang on. <laughs> Is he selling? What's going on? My here? wife came Fucking in and I put her through a table. <laughs> Um, sorry you're making a good point I, I was saying before I bumped um, that it's arguable that now AEW is I mean it's not it's not it's unquestionable AEW is the best wrestling going today but looking back at the Attitude Era every time we've gone back on the pod to look at this there's been moments but there's not been a whole episode of Raw during the Attitude Era which we both remember so fondly that we've gone that was a five-star episode of Raw. If we went back in a five-year's time we're doing like an AEW retrospective and we watched this episode of Dynamite, we'd be throwing boxes of cornflakes at this rating for this. <laughs> yeah, and I think a. part of it is because we want this to succeed because there's talent in there who, who can tell stories and it's the wrestling that we like. But I think it's also because we've been deprived of such a good product for such a long time instantly anything's going to come along and actually make us excited about wrestling you know i i sent a tweet earlier going another amazing episode of dynamite and i genuinely look forward to each week like it ended with the bucks great but i know what's happening i know the card for next week i don't need to be left on a cliffhanger right? because there was so much that happened in that show and the lights so going good, out to it? start with on the show <laughs> and, the, and then jr doing the classic oh uh, we've been having some problem here. Oh yeah, we've been having some mm. storms. At that stage, like something's happening. But because they're the new kids on the block, and because there's these talents who are, you know, rocking around, you can get Malachi Black debuting, and people go, "What the hell is this?" And fair play to Arn Anderson, he did his best taking that kick. Hell yeah, good lad. But yeah, I mean, it's a real shame because. Over the last 48 hours, I've watched a very entertaining, if not quite stressful, England game. I then watched a wonderful episode of AEW Dynamite. <laughs> and then I watched three hours of pissing raw. <laughs> so today's podcast, part six of our Enter the Dragon podcast series, raw from the 17th of February 2014, our go-home show for the Elimination Chamber. No, you wouldn't fucking know it watching this show. <laughs> it's episode 1082 of Raw. My God, that's a lot of episodes. Uh, from the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. Mile High, mile high City. Uh, broadcast live on the USA Network, Sky Sports, and we watch this on the WWE Network. Our commentary team is the same god-awful trio of Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and John Bradshaw Layfield. Now, before we get started, obviously, we're going to need to look back at SmackDown, because there might be some interesting things that happen in SmackDown. And just quickly on your Raw stats, this did a 3.08 TV rating. Yeah, which is triple what WWE are doing right now. Yep. SmackDown, which was recorded on the 11th of February um, and aired on the 14th of Feb on the Sci-Fi Network and also on the WWE Network, did a 1.98 rating, 
Hmm. Now, Sci-Fi, did you say it was on? Yeah, it was on Sci-Fi this oh, week. That's a very small network. So that's actually quite a good rating for a yeah. tiny little network like that. So, to show how uninspired I've been for this week's pod, last couple of weeks we've had some fantastic creative intros to describe both SmackDown and Raw this week. <laughs> Here's what I wrote. Where's this going? <laughs> Here's what I wrote for SmackDown. How did SmackDown, how did the SmackDown show the love on Valentine's Day? Nine days before the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, the powerful Cesaro defanged the the Viper. I almost called him the Wiper there. That would have been really bad. <laughs> the Wiper, Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, um, and a fatal four-way match to determine the new number one contender for the Intercontinental title. And the Uso soared to new levels of DUI. Um... Oh, mean. Oh, I mean, it's a douchebag move. But yeah, he obviously needs help. So, times, dude. Come on, give him some help. Here are the quick results. Um, some of the Elimination Chamber boys came out. Christian, Daniel Bryan, Sheamus, and they did battle with the Shield. Who won after 16 minutes? Swagger was out being a racist, and he beat Kofi, Mark Henry, and Rey Mysterio to be the new number one contender. We'll get to that later. For some reason, halfway during this SmackDown card, not live TV, there was a dark match between Eva Marie and Alicia Fox with Oksana. Oh, SmackDown's recorded, isn't it? Yep. Um, it's we not had, live, is it? Yeah, okay. We had exciting eight-man tag action with the Brotherhood of Cody and Goldust and the Usos, Jimmy and Jay, defeating Bry Baxel and the New Age Outlaws. Mm, foreshadowing. This was important. <laughs> Darren Young defeated Damian Sandow after the primetime players have split because of their millions of dollars, millions of dollars, and Titus O'Neil attacked Darren Young at the end of this match. Unbelievable, Jeff. I love that that's the bit they decide to highlight on this episode of Raw by showing a replay of it. <laughs> None of the other stuff is basically shown, but the primetime players bit was. I should also point out that the uh, Darren Young beat Damian Sandow in one minute and eight seconds. <sighs> the Miz beat Fandango. Great in three minutes and four seconds. And in our main event... I think it's pronounced Fandingo. (laughs) Fandingo. With some array. But in our main event, our boy, the coffee master, not Danhausen, the the original coffee master, Claudio. Claudio Cesaro, now only going as Cesario. Cesario? Shit. Cesario. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. So now he misplaced his first name, isn't he? Lost yeah. it somewhere. Well, he he sold it to get over the border, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seb. Yeah, funny in it. But yeah, so it's, since this pod started, Cesaro has lost his first name, so he's no longer Antonio Cesaro. He is just Cesaro. But he beat the Wiper, Randy Orton. <laughs> That'll never not tickle me. That's great. So that's uh, yeah. Where- I mean exhilarating episode of SmackDown. It's like they just took Raw from the past week, swapped a few of the names around, just replayed it. But just to throw it out there, so Cesaro has now pinned the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and as a result, at the end of SmackDown on Valentine's Day, Randy Orton was now one in three. The Wiper Randy Orton. Sorry, the Wiper (laughs) Randy Orton, which works fits perfectly again with him shitting in bags. Um, the yeah, wiper okay. Randy Orton is now one and three. The only person he's beaten is Christian, <laughs> and he's lost to everyone else. We'll get to that Christian character development on this show because oh my god, it's it's interesting to say the least. So, would you like to hear yeah. my? Would you like to hear my again unheartfelt intro for Monday Night Raw? To, again, oh, please do. Well, 
the, the reason why we're getting these, dear listeners, is that if you go back into our archive and listen at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com, you'll buy a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt, amazon.co.uk, search World of Wrestling Podcast. Help us have pizza fun for when we can do a podcast in person together, because that's going to be lovely. Um, Fuck yeah. So we, we've got cold starts for all these Raws. All we've got is Michael Cole going, welcome to Monday Night Raw. So we have no mm. story, so I want to set the scene. But as I said, AEW's been really good, football's been really good, and I haven't been overly creative. So, here we go. In six days, Randy Orton, John Cena, our hero, Daniel Bryan, Antonio, Cesario. (laughs) Just Cesario, mate. He hasn't got the Antonio anymore. Irish international footballer Seamus Coleman and Christian (laughs) will collide in the elimination chamber. That is, if tensions between the six competitors don't boil over into chaos first. And that was it. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) That's pretty good. There's a couple of good big adjectives in there. You know, it's fine. Don't worry. Seamus Coleman is my personal favourite for football fans. Oh, he's a good footballer. Anyway, um, so yeah, then now forever, forever, forever. Uh, Cole says, welcome everybody to Monday Night Raw because he's a boring piece of shit. So like, I I ended up watching Dynamite kind of halfway through my viewing. Well, actually, like two thirds of my way through viewing this. I had to break these episodes raw up across like a week. Like I know you do as well because it's intolerable watching three hours in a row. Oh, I I couldn't this week. This was a real doozy for me because i had oh, to do no. this because t- i was on my summer working hours so i had dynamite to watch to start with this morning after dropping harry at nursery that was very nice and i had to tag on my remaining time to watch with adverts removed two hours and 14 minutes of this shithole okay a genuine question okay would you rather have watched this raw all in one sitting or be waterboarded oh i'm glad i did it all in one it's like if you needed three <laughs> operations on your balls just get one done and, and be done with the pain and his name is John Cena Yabadoo uh, White ring ropes Well it is um, President's Day as well Which I only clocked oh. about two hours into the bloody thing When I was like why are we getting all these yeah. quotes <laughs> They give us like little vignettes Of quotes from presidents No one ever mentions it's President's Day Until like what two and a bit hours into the show almost Yeah because I thought I must have missed something here I'm being very uninformed but why am I getting all these inspirational quotes from America's leaders? Yeah, no one putting over the gimmick, though. It's like the first episode of TNA all over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, George Bush, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't misunderestimate me. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Liebstrang, where's the red button? <laughs> I'm really, really good. I'm excellent. Like I'm superb. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Bush. It's another name for pubes. <laughs> we could do this all night. Uh, Cena shows off his new T-shirt. Gets a pretty decent response because it's Denver, Colorado. They're awful fucking fans. Until the music <laughs> stops and they get a bit of booing. Uh, John tells us whoever the chamber, uh, whoever's in the chamber, is guaranteed a main event against Batista at WrestleMania. Is, is can he do that? Is that Jerry? What? That, no, that that is it. <laughs> Because you're the number one contender to face so and so at WrestleMania, and Big Match but Dave Batista, won the Randy Rumble. Randy the champion, not Batista. Yeah, but Batista's got, won the main event at WrestleMania. It's whoever's got the big belt. Yeah, I understand, but that that basic. Mm. <laughs> nope, semantics. I'm angry. It's, it's all fine. Like it. He can do it. He can do that, Joey. Orton talks about momentum. Orton ain't got any. Dragon beat Orton. Yay! Of course, he's got Orton. momentum. He swings Boo. from one side of the windshield <laughs> to the other. The wiper Randy Orton. <laughs> so uh, Orton goes, 
Dragon beat me, and the crowd go like, "Yay!" and then go, "So did Cena," and they go, "Boo!" <laughs> Great fun. Um, the casually racist Americans are here. Well, Seb and Cesaro. Uh, Cesaro is obviously misplaced his first name, as we talked about. Or what did you call him again? <laughs> Cesaro or something? Cesario. Cesario. <laughs> it sounds like a fear or something. Or a wizard. Ah, the great Cesario. The new, the new Reno Cesario. <laughs> Built and made in Switzerland. <laughs> uh, so Cesario cuts a quick promo. He's going to become the new face of America. US and uh, A. Sh- US and A. Yeah. Seamus comes out, cuts a quick promo. Christian comes out, cuts a quick promo. Randy cuts a quick promo. Hero of our story is here. Big smiley face Daniel Bryan. Yes, chance all around. Dragon cuts a quick promo. Uh, boring recent events. I'm going to do blah, 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 boring. I'm better than blah, 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 boring. All six lads cut the same fucking boring promo. Only difference is Dragon is actually over. It's amazing how OP he is, and they let him come out last in this little medley. Yeah, like, I- I'm annoyed with how... It- oh, right. So, coming out of Chamber, we know who's going to be champion, because leading into... Well, at least leading into WrestleMania, I remember who was champion. So I have an idea for what's going to happen at Chamber, because obviously the belt's on the line, etc., etc., right? Um, and we know that they're eventually going to build to Dragon and the main event at WrestleMania 30, because that's the whole point of this podcast series. So Rumble happened. It seemed very clear that Dragon wasn't going to be a part of it. They then go, oh, fuck, we screwed up, and spend a couple of weeks kind of putting Dragon over really, really strong. Like, it's obvious that he's the guy. Last week and this week, I felt a lot less like they're prioritizing Dragon. And much more, they're just going, Randy Orton's a bit shit, isn't he? <laughs> it's kind of weird. He just keeps getting beat. This was the time as well this- where WWE started reading the internet. Because at this time, everyone was right, saying, okay. oh, Orton's shit. So every promo, Triple H and Steph are cutting. He's like, not very good, are you, Randy? Yeah, it's kind of weird how they've just completely changed their story. And they started to seem like they were going down the direction we all kind of hope and think they're going to go down, considering what happens at WrestleMania 30. But this is the one bit in the night where Dragon really kind of shines. I know he has a match, but like this is, his, this is the time to make him the guy, right? These opening bits? I mean, every fucking week opens with one of these promos as well. It's getting really boring. Well, this was Raw by Numbers in 2014. Come out, either yeah. Authority promo or Big Match John promo, or if Big Match John was at the cinema doing filming. Um, you know, yeah, the with set. no intro music as well, no intro video. It's like, you know, turn on AEW and like, four, three, two, one, and you're like, so good. And you watch this, and it's like, okay, I've got to sit through 20 minutes of promo. Awesome. Someone going to make something dramatic or... Something we don't expect. No, no, everyone's just going to cut the same fucking promo six times in a row and going to make some matches between the guys that are going to be in this six-person match in the main event, yeah. It's what you've said on the previous pods, though. It's the Elimination Chamber is a pointless pay-per-view to have between Rumble and Mania. You should have that slow build, that slow burn. Can you imagine the build-up for Brett versus Sean for the Iron Man was pissed away in two weeks. <laughs> no, I want to see Sean Michaels training like a absolute machine and then making Bret Hart run on ice gin- gingerly just so he doesn't yeah, fall sure. over and break his neck to make him look like he's not training. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I did see this all come up again because we had the um, 
obviously it was Bret Hart's birthday last week, which was lovely. Happy birthday nice. to Bret Hart. It did start me thinking, I know we sort of teased this before, but don't think about it. One word answer. Who do you prefer to have? Who's the best technical wrestler of all time? <gasps> Daniel Bryan or Bret Hart? Uh, don't think about it. Can I say the answer? <laughs> Bret Hart. That's exactly the conclusion I came to, but it was a real, real internal struggle. I, I would prefer to watch a Daniel Bryan match. Brett tells a better story. Brett can tell a st- an amazing in-ring story with anyone. I, he's done it with a cracked-up bulldog. <laughs> My favorite match of all time. The dragon is one percent below Brett. Like he's so fucking close to being perfect, but I think Brett is perfect at times. I would say this, and I know obviously people do this a lot on the internet, and I think genuinely. If you had them both in the same time period, both in their oh. prime, oh. Danielson versus Hart would have been the best wrestling match anyone could ever see and no one would ever beat it. God, give them a year. Let them build to it. Pay it off WrestleMania in a main event for the belt. Can you fucking imagine what they'd be able to achieve? Who'd be but, the heel? Oh, Brett. It has to be, doesn't it? Because the older authority figure type character could really work against young plucky dragon. Oh my god! <laughs> Don't do these things to me. <laughs> well, I, I need to try and put something positive in your mind because we've only just got through the half. Well, in fairness, we got a lot of matches out of this, despite having a seven-year promo to start the card. Yeah, if you look at this this show, just as matches on a card, I'm like, looks pretty decent. So, um, <laughs> all these guys are in the ring. Here's the pyro. Here comes boring Kane in his boring suit and his boring fucking face. Here comes Kane Harry. Comes- here comes Harry Kane. <laughs> Harry Kane is here. Harry Kane's in my good books at the moment. This boring fucking Kane character isn't. Kane cuts a boring. I am your boring authority. Boring tonight promo. He's in charge of tonight's boring show. The boring fucking faceless wank. I like Kane. This Kane's fucking boring, isn't he? <laughs> Dress, dress shoes and office attire for Kane it doesn't oh, do it for me. Just, but I, ha- I have enjoyed with the football thing, basically staring. having all of the mocked up pictures of Gareth Southgate over the face of over the body of Paul Bearer and Harry Kane as Kane. And then he's like, know, know how they Kane all in. used mask Kane, not face, not maskless Kane, because it's fucking boring. That, well, no, because that's who people would know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's almost like the gimmick got over once, you know what I mean? Anyway, so Orton versus Sheamus. It's going to be Cesaro versus John Cena, Christian versus Daniel Bryan, uh, which is right now. It's, it's a waste of 13 minutes. We could have just, could they not have just had like a video package to explain recent events and the fact they're going to have some matches tonight to lead up to the chamber? Do we have to open every show? With these boring generic characters saying these boring things. Like, it's so boring. In fairness to WWE, and I know I said I watched this in one fell swoop, I stopped to make lunch. And when I came back after having lunch to carry on watching this and sort of doing some other really important technical work, uh, not watching wrestling, um, I came back when they were doing the, we'll get, obviously, we'll touch on it a bit later, but the Ron Simmons honoring because it's black history and then the history of the elimination chamber and just watching those two video packages coming back into it after lunch i was like oh <laughs> production's good isn't it <laughs> yeah you know, the one thing with these shows i can't complain about is the production level it's insane 
the the camera ops uh, they're annoying at times they do a bit too much zooming and i don't like the direction but like the the general quality and the editing and the microphone the way they sound the even the stage as boring as it is it's still quality you know i mean the ring looks immaculate every single second you know it's, but saying um, that there's lots of positive things to say about their production we have been obviously waxing lyrical about wwe's production but that video montage and again apologies it's making my sound i'm proper fanboying aw uh, this week because well i am but that video montage for their entire run uh at Daly's place which aw put together and produced with the soundtrack over it and how they had every moment in it i thought they've upped their game for that video package last week which is incredible such a beautiful beautiful video package definitely i think um i follow a couple of the aw editors online for obvious reasons it's my fucking job to be able to like compete with them and stay up to their level almost you know what i mean it's, it's like anyone with their job you want to keep your skill level up and i want to see what they're doing and how they're doing it and who's doing it obviously um and uh, i think they're good i think they could definitely use some maybe a couple of other editors to bring in some other elements in the nicest way i can possibly put it but that video package itself it didn't need a lot of technical work done to it it's just so many amazing well booked well timed moments and just be able to just you literally could have clipped them and stuck them together and it would make you feel those emotions you know it was genuinely amazing it was really well done but what but wasn't filling me with great amounts great. of emotion and fun was this match yeah. between christian and, and dragon so this is our opening match um with boring kane at ringside did i mention boring version of kane in a boring suit and a boring fucking face um <laughs> fucking nowhere christian is now resting like a heel Cole tells us he's frustrated. Christian is the only man not to have beaten Randy Orton, you know, the champion. And so it's this really strange character moment where for the past six weeks, five weeks, whatever, Christian has been the plucky underdog. He's not very good. They buried him on commentary week after week. Like saying, imagine this guy is the fucking face of the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> in a million fucking years you know like literally that that kind of verbiage and now that like oh this is the best christian we've ever seen he's so dangerous <laughs> i'm like what in one fucking week and he gets buried he loses <laughs> just like okay great what's the point in this why is he healed suddenly he's but they're playing up wwe classic booking where people go yeah. christian's getting the belt because he's losing going into the pay-per-view. It's going to be Christian versus God. Batista, main event in Mania 30. I wrote just a couple of the quotes down. Um, Cole, Cole says, this is the most dangerous Christian we've ever seen. I think we find <laughs> that was Judas. <laughs> Surely Jesus has more powers than Judas, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's not as dangerous. Too nice, right? Good old Jesus. Uh, also, this is the most lucky baby Christian... face Jesus. <laughs> Isn't he the guy who stabbed John Cena in a nightclub? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the finish. No, no, he wasn't Christian... there. Uh, fuck you. Christian goes for the arm pretty. Yeah, they're calling it the kill switch. When Engage. Yeah, sure. Um, Holy diver. <laughs> Uh, dragon uh, tucks his feet under Christian's armpits. Is there a name for this move? I didn't know what to call it. Tickles. <laughs> Say again. Tickles. The feet tickles under his armpits. Yeah. yeah. Rolls through for the one, two, three. It's a really kind of clever finish, even though the match is 
it's, it's okay. Uh, for the one, two, three, the winner is Daniel Bryan. Lawler on commentary goes, Christian dominated that match. <laughs> Which match was he watching? <sighs> I, I don't know. If that's the story they're trying to tell, why? <laughs> We're meant to be building Dragon, the main event of WrestleMania 30. Why is Christian, this guy we've buried for the last four weeks, dominating him in theory? He didn't. <laughs> the match was pretty 50-50 as far as I remember. Lawler wasn't watching the match. He was just scouting underage girls on tout. <laughs> Facts. Uh, Boring Kane tells us, uh, sorry, tells Dragon he has one more match tonight against Boring Me. Well, not me, me, but Boring Kane, me. Hey, he's Boring Kane. He's the devil's favourite director of operations. (laughs) So next up, we've got Daniel Bryan versus Boring Kane. Uh, Kane is now Slacks and Wife Beater Kane. Ooh, so Bull Buchanan in the right to censor Kane. Well, in fairness, you know, sometimes it gets cold up at Connecticut, at, w- <laughs> at Titan Towers. Kane goes in, he's like, a bit chilly in here. Normally I'm in the murky depths of hell, but it's quite windy up here. I'll wear a vest underneath my shirt today to keep Get toasty vest warm. Out, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, in this <clears throat> match, uh, did you find that commentary will not shut the fuck up <laughs> at all? I despise this three-man booth. It's It's not getting me hyped for the pay-per-view talking it's making me want to stab a puppy talking <laughs> it's like it's, it's awful oh it's it's just it's dross all the time Could you tell i was in a really bad mood when i first started watching this show because this i mean the first half of the show is fucking dreadful about halfway through i got in a better mood because i'd watch some aw and shit you know what i mean but this opening i was just like fuck me it's so bad and would you believe that the fans chanting you sold out to the devil's favourite director of operations, he didn't care. You sold out. You sold out. Oh, no. Kane's got loads of money. Ooh, he cares. Yeah. I mean, you say the fans, maybe maybe 10% of the people in the crowd. I'm trying to be generous. I'm trying to spin positives yeah. on this wonderful, wonderful uh, audience. Yeah, tricky, isn't it? Tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like the way I buried them in the first sentence about them? This fucking dog shit crowd tonight. Well, they're a mile um, above sea level. You know, the altitude yeah. sickness was kicking in for the entire crowd. That's why they were so Probably quiet and tired. disinterested. Bit sweaty and tired, you know. <laughs> like we are now, and we're just doing a podcast. <laughs> Exhaust me doing these pods. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm on the treadmill doing it, <laughs> just to make sure I get the steps in. All those people with proper jobs, having to actually do stuff for a living. <laughs> so I was sitting there going, they're sort of talking in a microphone thing. It's a lot of effort. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. Not more to well, I, and yeah, you know, again, I'm sitting at my standing desk, so I'm a bit like, oh, my legs, <laughs> mate. I've just got to see. It's awesome. You should try it sometime. Uh, Dragon and Bull Buchanan in the right to center cane <laughs> <laughs> talk way too much. They're literally just shouting spots at each other through this. Uh, what has happened to Kane's punches, tax? What has happened to Kane's punches? What, when you, what when am you, I watching? It's they're not good, are they? <laughs> They're not good fucking at all. hell, mate. Like, I'm not a wrestler. Okay, I've done one session. It's fucking amazing. Thank you, Coach Wick. I love you. But I used to watch Kane in 98, 99, 2000 be like, that guy looks like he's stabbing someone in the throat as hard as he fucking can. But he's notoriously like a safe, good worker, right? These punches, I'm looking at going, this is the kind of shit I imagine my dad watching going, bit fake this shit, isn't it? <laughs> Got to protect. Got to protect the money. Got to protect Dragon. 
heading he's into Mania. He's four inches away from Dragon's head at times when he's throwing these punches. And Dragon's having to sell this shit. What's going on? It's Kane. Working smart, maybe? Oh, it's dreadful. I really noticed it in this match. Like, not that I've really noticed it before either. It's just just stood out. So I think it's because they're just throwing punches. That's all this match is. Even for Dragon's standard here. So the match with Christian, and we've said Dragon can pull a fantastic match out of anyone. Even his match with Christian wasn't good already with the, the promo, well, the replicated promos of every chamber participant. Then Christian and Dragon, and then this thing with Kane. They're phoning it in. I genuinely believe that the wrestlers thought and bought into the story. And I go, oh, Vince, Stefan Tripps aren't here. Brilliant. Night off. And <laughs> no one yeah, bothered caring. I think um, there's definitely a little concern of we've got WrestleMania on the horizon. We've got to pay for you this Sunday. Let's not actually exhaust and do in the guys, you know, on the roster or whatever. But um, the, the, the gimmick is meant to be that um, boring Kane works over Dragon's arm. The crowd start chanting boring. And I'm like, that's my fucking gimmick. Um, <laughs> Kane bends Dragon's arm around the ring post. Uh, and the ref eventually calls for the bell. I'm like, what? Really? Okay, fine. Uh, Dragon wins via disqualification, I guess. Who cares? Right. The spot could have looked quite good. It didn't. But the concept of the spot was good. You can guarantee yeah, who was involved in, involved in that. Both Kane and Dragon were going, let's do it this way rather than the shitty stuff we normally do with a chair where if yeah. you're punching me four feet away, you'll actually just smash a chair into a turnbuckle rather than my arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. You can see what they're going for. It just, it just didn't do much for me. But I guess this there's now the story that Dragon has an injury going into the chamber match. And it's all because of Kane. It's definitely not that we had a plan for Kane and Punk and we just slotted Dragon in here because we didn't know what to do with him, you know? I like this, though, because it's it's giving me, to, again, trying to draw positives, our You're hero, the, the fucking person... Denver fans. <laughs> <laughs> our hero, oh, the Jake, one we God. want to be chanting for, has yeah. now got even more obstacles in front of him. The fact that he's been wrestling two, three matches in a card, he's been not put on cards by the authority, he's now got an injury to work in the most dangerous match. I'd speculate he's probably going to start number one in the chamber as well to build up the against all odds concept. So it's making me want to go for it. But this is where the difference is. You know, I think they got very lucky with how... They managed to keep the momentum, well, the the fan interaction with Daniel Bryan going for this long. Because when someone gets this hot, you need to pull the trigger before they call off. So they they were running the risk so much in this three-month period of cocking this up. Yeah, they could have just told a better story, you know what I mean? But I know what you mean. It's um I'm not sure boring Bobby Cannon Kane is the way to do it, but they're, they're they're making the right effort, and I think there's a big situation whereby they are um, shoehorning Dragon into that main event picture in the best way they can to kind of think to do it um, with no time. No, they haven't had like months to plan this. You know, they are obviously going week to week and trying to shoehorn him in. Um, you've got Dave Batista wandering around with this fucking pointless feud with Alberto Del Rio, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we know Randy's the champion; he keeps losing. Um, but you haven't got that punk cane thing, so you've got like a thing there, like a person you can use who's associated with the authority, who Randy is, and you can see the logic of what they're attempting to do. For me, it just it just didn't quite work as how I'd like it to. I think is the simplest way I can put it. If Punk had stayed, do you think so he would far. have had Christian's spot in the chamber? 
You'd imagine as much. Yeah. Maybe dragons spot you, even if they're different plans for dragons. Because they, you know, they were saying in all, like even Dragon said it in promos up to it, they were going to go for Dragon Sheamus again at Mania Thirty. That was their original oh. penciled in plan, and it was going to be, and it was going to be punk, and it was going to be Punk Triple H, and they're both faces. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to jump in there. I was like, "Well, Sheamus is." He's not over, but he's a face at this time. Oh, fuck it, whatever. So they've done so that. And then Punk they were gonna, and Triple H. <clears throat> Punk and Triple H, because that's the whole thing that when Punk left and he was like, you know, I want the main event of Mania, of I want to do this and that. And Vince's yeah. comment was, but you are in the main event. You're wrestling Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> Vince McMahon ribbing people till yeah. he dies. You're in the main event with this guy. <laughs> Kenny Omega's Triple H impression on facial hair. Fucking quality. Yeah, that was good that week, wasn't it? So, uh, replay of Mark Henry's return last week. Roman saves the shield again. They were obviously taking Roman to the moon. It's very, very obvious at this point. So, Renee is backstage with Saucy, Humdingers, Ignoranus, Emo, Legless, Dickmongers. (laughs) It's the shield. I I was quite proud of that one. Very good. I mean... I like the fact they're doing the one-upsmanship storyline still of Roman and Dean Ambrose and Seth's yeah. just happy to be there. Seth calling Renee sweetheart? It's like, ugh, I creep much. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Titus does it later as well. Yeah, it's not good. So, uh, Tax? Yes, Rich? Why are they cutting promos on Mark Henry when we have Shields versus Wyatt at Chamber in six days? Because they had the whole thing with Dean Ambrose going against Mark Henry last week for the US title. So now it's the one-upsmanship. Why? Why? Because Mark Henry's yeah, back. We've literally got Shields versus Wyatt in six fucking days. Yep. Why are we focusing on the Shield versus Mark Henry suddenly? Because we can't have them fight each other until the go-home segment. What are you doing? We can't have them t- actually in a match. You know, They've got to have Roman and Sh- T's dissension in the Shield because they're now the face team. So they've got they can't be going in strong and you know so the white is meant to be heels is that well that's what we established what? last week because they backed off hmm oh i guess yeah that's kind of a heelish move they, they don't get a heel pop though do they? <laughs> and later they beat up a bull <laughs> yeah michael knee's favorite mini <laughs> torito uh it's funny though <laughs> so, <laughs> i just don't get this idea of so we've got the Shield. Who are they going to wrestle? Oh, they're going to wrestle the Wyatts. Holy shit. Six massive, over-intense guys. That's going to be so much fun. What should we do to build to it? Well, we'll have them do this whole thing where they end up in the ring together occasionally and will they, won't they fight? Who knows? All this sort of stuff. Like, great. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. What we're also going to do is <laughs> we're going to have the Shield have a series of matches with Mark Henry who's, and they're going to kind of be angry at each other and then Roman's going to save them every time and Seth's going to be a creepy douchebag and you're like what why why are we doing that I don't get it I was thinking when I looked at this promo and we're heading into chamber where we've got Wyatt's versus Shield and I just thought imagine if they just switched the order of what they did here and did some of the mania plans at chamber and moved this to be at mania Wyatt's Fuck versus yeah. Shield exactly what they should have done. But yeah. they would have missed out on having AM Blank uh, being there. So oh, careful, careful. That's yeah. what I said. That's what I said. AM <laughs> Blank. So. It's 
So the thing I kept thinking is that I don't really remember much of the Chamber show apart from the main event, which I have a feeling I know what's going to happen. Because obviously we watched this live the first time around in 2014. I definitely haven't rewatched it since. Fucking what kind of idiot <laughs> would do that for a podcast series? Um, but like, I, I kept thinking, like, how would I do this? And to me, I would have almost, you know, the Shield turn up. They're all hyped. The Wyatts come to the ring. And they go, actually, no, guys. <laughs> Just fuck off you know to build tension over those next six weeks to leading to a match at mania obviously that's not what's going to happen but um yeah i don't know it feels like they're blowing their load for no reason and just giving this match away almost a chamber with very little build they had a couple of cool segments but it'd be nice to focus more on it do you think the issue for wwe creative at this time is that they don't think that either shield or the wyatts have that mainstream crossover following to actually be able to be a hyped mania match do you think yeah, that maybe. mania as you know the marquee and that casuals go to mania diet casuals aren't going to go to chamber unless it's in their backyard really are they so the yep. fact they can get this fan this match for the wrestling fans in there to complement such a shitty main event because no one likes the chamber because no one can see what's going on because there's a massive chain in front of you there is that issue yeah there's been some fun chamber matches, don't get me wrong, as a fan watching from home. Oh, yeah, but if uh, I'm watching I can't in attendance. Live. Oh. Man, cage matches are bad enough, and they've got, like, you know, almost clear signs on them, like the, the fucking pods and the roof and everything else. Like, ugh. to go to show as well how bad this product is. So I think the last time I went and watched WWE, it would have been NXT when it was at Wembley, when they did take over at Wembley Arena. Oh, great and show. I mentioned to my wife, I was like, oh, I see uh, WWE are touring in September. She's like, oh, you should go. And I was like, I don't want to waste my money. <laughs> she said, and then she said, do you want to spend 60 quid on watching this bollocks week to week tag? She, she said, Richard, go with you. I said, no, he fucking wouldn't. <laughs> fucking, he's spending a penny on this fucking company in 2021. No However, way. I did say to her, I said, but the second AEW or New Front Japan row. comeback, Front row. I, I will be throwing my savings account money at Ticketmaster, I will be making sure I isolate for seven months before the event to make sure nothing can possibly go wrong. Because Mate, the op- the opportunity to be within arm's reach of the ring and the wrestlers for the first ever AEW show in the UK, that's not an opportunity you want to miss, you know. No, not at all. But this is the thing though, like even now, right, you see this crowd in twenty fourteen and the products got even worse in the last seven years. You know, yeah. I will the fans don't give oh. a shit. You don't even oh, see I lost people you for trying a moment there. Sorry, you're back. Hello. Say that again. Sorry, I was saying the fans just they don't care. You don't see anyone trying to yeah. reach out and hand slap the wrestlers at nope. Raw. They just disinterested. They're on their phones. They don't care. I mean, with good reason. So there's a network shell here. We're still building up to the debut of WWE Network. I feel very sorry for all those people that have to put up with fucking Peacock. Apparently it's awful still. So, yeah, well, I get a lot of feedback. Obviously working for Talk and stuff. Americans are not happy with it. It does have a pause button now, though, Tax. You'll be happy to know. What, a live pause? Yeah, so you can oh. actually like, sync up and stuff, which it hasn't had since the start of the WWE Network on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, weird. WWE don't care, though. They've got their money. Mate, network's been so bad this week. Like, we have a guy that sources images and clips for us for like different videos. Uh, Wrestle Talk is like that's literally his job. A guy called Brandon, who's fucking awesome. I love that guy. Um, and yeah, man, he just literally sent me a message today going, "Fucking network <laughs> keeps freezing every twenty seconds." It's so funny. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about 
that again later in the pod. But anyway, so next up is Fandingo and Summer Day. They're in the ring. The pyro dancer thing above them, I thought was pretty cool. We haven't really talked about that. Nice effects. Again, top level production. Yeah, I think they kill it pretty quickly because imagine having to drag that from city to city. And also, he's not a main event talent, so we don't want to justify the expense. He could have been. I don't think, I think he's impact bound. Hmm. Yeah, I think maybe he's one of those guys that'd be one too many people to bring into um, AEW, you know? Him and I like... I love him so much. But I like I him and I like Breeze, but they, they wouldn't yep. work there. Mm, maybe. I think it depends on what kind of act... I think if they're comedy tag, I think I don't think we've got enough kind of comedy tag teams necessarily for AEW, but mm, whatever. Uh, here comes Santino and Emma again, because we have to do the same thing we've done for the past fucking five weeks, apparently. Uh, weird little video package telling us who Emma is and showing us that she's really not over. It'll, every time I see her, I just think about the 26 weeks they did the Emmalina promos and then she quit. <laughs> she's like, I can't, I'm not comfortable with this character. Right, the last minute yeah. before debuting. Poor Emma. Great talent. Like, good in-ring talent. Good hand. Yep. This This character was... <laughs> Looking at these video packages, right, you see her coming out and doing the whole decaling dance thing she does which i never really got the idea behind um and then there's, there's like you know a couple of kids in the crowd doing it and there's a couple of people front row kind of like you know not smiling they're just standing there doing it because that's what they're meant to do almost but then there's maybe 10 20 people around them who are not doing it and you're like why are we showing these clips as like this is our character this is her background of her looking like she's not over Come on, guys. We'll just try and get her over at least. I remember at the time when they were doing this dance, that, and it's wrong to think it, but my first thoughts were, are they trying to do another Eugene? Yeah, it's, it's along those lines, isn't it? The way they're portraying her. It's very strange. I never quite understood it, even watching it back now. It's, 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 um, it's not even sympathetic. It's like you just watch it going, uh, okay, can we just get to the next segment? That's what it feels like to me. At least we've seen this match last week, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. <laughs> I will say Fandango's gear is amazing. It's sparkly and swirly and just completely over the top. It's kind of brilliant. Um, commentary gone about American football, Santino's comedy spots, blah, 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 blah. Cobra, Summary gets in, Emma at ringside's there. Emma is dizzy, Santino goes to check on her. Santina and Emma, blah, blah, blah. Will they, won't they? Who gives a fuck? Uh, Brandino? Mm. Brandino? Fandingo <laughs> almost drop kicks both Santino and Emma in the face. But thankfully only connects with Santino. Uh, Santino does the deal. Jesus! <laughs> the Falcon Arrow. One, two, three. Uh, my missus just gave me a little look there. <laughs> was well, like, <laughs> you're about to wake up our child. Shut up. So I thought I was going to wake up my kid. Yeah. Sorry. All right. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> I can imagine the facial expressions you're getting sent across the room right Apparently, now. Apparently, she didn't look at me, so let's just move on. Uh, the winner is Fandingo. You're going to die. You're going to die. Emma dotes, Emma dotes on Santino. Um, <laughs> Renee, Renee stops an incredibly sweaty Mark Henry backstage. Uh, Mark Henry... Sorry, did you want to say anything about that fucking match? No. Good. Re, <laughs> Renee stops a sweaty Mark Henry who's walking backstage because, you know, WCW 2000. Uh, Mark Henry says, it's not about winning. It's not about losing. And I'm like, that's the spirit, Marky boy. <laughs> Out you go. Take the loss. 
Oh, it's fucking great. What a lion. Just come back last week. And his promo is, it's not about winning. It's not about losing. I'm like, you get it. There you go. <laughs> See you later, Mark. Still not as good as Titus promo in NXT. <laughs> if you want to win, make it a win. And if, if, if you don't want to win, make it a win. <laughs> millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. <laughs> so uh, next up is uh, the much anticipated match of Roman Reigns with Mox and Seth versus Mark Henry. Uh, Roman is a serious boy. He wants to take out the big boy, doesn't he? Hmm. We come back from ads. It's an on-screen graphic of Teddy Roosevelt. It says, speak softly, carry a big stick for some fucking reason. <laughs> now we know it's the President's Day stuff, but out of context, I'm like, what? Why is there a quote from what? He's Roman. actually doing a promo for Extreme Rules. <laughs> hmm. Just like Sandman's career. <laughs> <laughs> one one yeah. sentence. Speak softly, carry a big stick. Does Hack speak softly? Not really. I'm like, ah, yeah. Beautiful dulcet tones. Yeah, I like a bit of Hack. Be good on this show. Someone a bit different, at least. Anyway, um, JBL calls Roman Spear a gore and then corrects himself while misquoting the quote we literally just shown. Again, for some fucking reason. Couple speak loudly, here. carry a dick. What's that, Bradshaw? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Bradshaw, what a cunt. Um, couple of spots here. That's exactly what Farouk there. said about his tag team with Bradshaw. <laughs> Speak loudly, carry this dick. <laughs> couple of spots. Uh, long headlock, Superman punch. Ooh-ah. Gore, gore, gore for the one, two, three. <laughs> the winner is Roman Reigns. <laughs> I, well, as you mentioned, gore, and it's just sent back a wonderful mental image of my late teens in the realms of musical theatre. So, a chap who oh, I... I did not expect that sentence. Please, <laughs> please, go ahead. So, a chap who I did my theatre studies A-level with, um, after I had finished education, he had written his own musical and play to, to perform in the church in Ashford, in Kent. And part of it was to do some kind of choreographed dance at the end. And you know how Rhino used to do like the double beat chest and hands in the air. <laughs> I oh. said to him, I said, why don't you put this in? Like the gore thing, because it was to do with animals. And then he just had this whole troop, like 10 people going, <laughs> doing Rhino's gore pose. Just you pop in right at the back. Yeah? <laughs> no, I was on stage doing it. I was like Rhino 4. <laughs> no one would put you at the front of the stage. Shut up. How, how <laughs> fucking dare you? Fat and ginger, you know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not ginger. I've got. A, I know. I'm what? just being a dick. <laughs> saying that Love though, you, I buddy. I'm I, just I, kidding. Saying that though, not that there's anything wrong with being ginger. By the way, ginger listeners, I wasn't being a Fuck dick. Fucking is <laughs> mutants. Just a joke. Just a joke. But I noticed, um, which you'll probably notice when we actually do a pod in person. The percentage of my beard that is now starting to look Father Christmas grey is getting quite concerning on the underside of my beard. So it's like if I lift my beard up, it's like, fucking hell, that's gone grey pretty mm. sharpish. Yeah, I like how my hair looks when I come out of the shower. It's, it's when it dries later, I'm like, ooh. I like <laughs> the look of you when you come out of the shower. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> so the winner is Roman Reigns, talking about sexy. Um, so <laughs> the story is basically, Dean Ambrose is shit. <laughs> Roman Reigns is awesome. Mox kicks Henry a bit post-match. Roman and Seth look at him like, the fuck are you doing? 
so weird. But fuck all that shit. Woo woo. Uh, why? <laughs> why is there dimly lit room backstage uh, to cut? You know, Bray's promo. Yes, it's the same fucking promo you've heard a million times if you've ever seen one of these. It works, but again, it's the same fucking thing. Uh, Brody gets a line. Uh, Roman says, not Roman, what's his name? Rowan. There you Rowan. go. Goes, run. <laughs> and it's like, okay. So, But then Roman has a mic in the ring. Ah, a change in the format. And tells Bray to come out here and talk that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Some script writer's gone, how should I write this? Come <laughs> come here, youngling. Talk that noise. <laughs> oh, I couldn't stop laughing. I don't know what it is about that phrasing. Come out here and talk that noise. It's like a 1980s hip-hop line. It's so bad. <laughs> Do you think it was written by that writer who had like a three-week stint at WWE who then turned around oh, and said, God. don't know fuck all about this product. Uh, there's, oh, there, there's Bobby Ashley. <laughs> Good lord! So I, Wyatt's make that go on. Uh, I was going to say so on the on this thing, like you said, at least it was different. They gave Roman a microphone to try and call out a video screen, <laughs> pre-tape. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Wyatt is down for the fight. Uh, Wyatt's make their entrance. A less dramatic version of what we got last week. Uh, you know, because the crowd fucking sucks. Uh, we get one step closer than everyone was last week because they're in the ring, and you know. Ray steps up and Roman steps up, but the Whites go, nah, we're pussies. <laughs> we're going to fuck off. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is the best thing for their character attacks. Sensible. Live to fight another day. That's not how the Whites want to fight. Yeah. So uh, this is the end of my first watching session, about 50 minutes in. It's, uh, it's funny because we, we talk about it and we get to mock it and make it sound funny. It was fucking awful. I was at this stage, and I was like, okay, so we've now had our hero of the podcast, we've got what I'm looking forward to at Chamber, and there was part of me that did this going, I wonder if I can wing <laughs> the, the next the hour of the, show. <laughs> of the show, and just and claim and throw things in. I was like, if I just read up on the internet, the finishes, and then if you say, would you like to describe this match? I would just say, ah, on my notes got a really funky sto and then he reaches the ropes and i probably thought brock was going to come out at that point but he didn't oh what a surprise cock joke and then just smooth through without having to watch the rest of it but i did watch the rest of it and i'm glad i did because there's some quite interesting stuff that happened <laughs> <laughs> there is one good match oh yeah i mean that match that that was okay, a good cool. well-spent 20 minutes when we get to it yeah yeah sure we'll get to it so uh, elimination kickoff, you know, the, the pre-show for the elimination chamber <laughs> is going to have the Rhodes brothers. And I'm like, okay, cool. what are they called now? The Rhodes Dynasty? The Brotherhood. The Brotherhood. Yeah. Why would you put the word Rhodes in it? Um, the, the Brotherhood <laughs> versus <gasps> Ryback. Right, so fuck. So we won't be covering that shit next week. Um, so Cody plus, Rhodes. Plus it's not on the network either because this was, oh, good. This was on YouTube and tout. It's definitely not on the network if you're in America. Uh, they've only just uploaded the Smackdowns. Like, seriously. I mean, in fairness, we don't get the Smackdowns for like six weeks unless you pirate it live. No, I mean, the whole history of Smackdown has not been on Peacock until this week. Oh, in fairness, most of Smackdown doesn't matter <laughs> when it was on Sci-Fi, <laughs> UPN. <laughs> the, the, week with, the weeks with the six are really good, but apart from that... You know. Yeah, and the Straight Edge Society stuff was good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Cody Rhodes and Goldust play with the... <clears throat> Stack down playset, and I'm like, that is not the name of the show. But 
I liked the use of the the name of the toy into SmackDown, so that was good. Mm. Goldust tells us about his childhood serial killer tendencies. You Where know, he put Lego, Lego up his bum. <laughs> well, that too. Uh, when Goldust asks if he can build some of the toys, Cody has an amazing line. He goes, I'm the builder of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa was the plumber. Dad was the dreamer. And you're just the... And Goldust chimes in and goes, don't say freak. So good. This might be the best thing on the show apart from that one match. Um, but you know, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. What does Barrett do to their lovely toy stacks? Oh, hang on, wait a second, I didn't have notes on that. He kicked it. Barrett over. is a big He was an <laughs> arsehole. He was a bully. He was a massive bully. I love how everyone's trying not to corpse during this segment because they obviously don't give a shit. This is well, like the 50th take now. Well, Cody does. <laughs> he literally has to cover his mouth as Barrett comes in the room. It's well funny. Uh, lovingly stupid. Loved this segment. Thought it was really funny. <laughs> and all three of them are going, we got a guarantee this week for this. <laughs> all right. You mean we don't have to go to Denver? Yeah, fucking A. I'm in. Do whatever you want, Vince. Yes, thank you, sir. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, I, I know the locker rooms are different now, so people have obviously got more space. They play video games. They keep themselves to themselves. Can you mm. imagine sitting around with Bradshaw, Kevin Nash, Farouk, and then <laughs> fucking Walkman comes and goes, I'm just going to play with my Lego in the middle of the locker room. <laughs> what would happen to his Lego? <laughs> Well, I know where they'd be going, that's for sure. Yeah, it would be going, whatever. So uh, next up, we've got Jack Swagger with casual racist Seb Coulter versus we Cody the people. <laughs> Three hours to fill, and neither of these lads are worthy of getting an entrance. Well, we've just had a Lego spot. <laughs> Sorry, a, a, stack, a stack down spot. 30 seconds into the match, the fans are already chanting for JBL, who would cheer for that cunt, but anyway... Uh, the fans continue to chant for pretty much anyone but the two lads that are in this match for the how many minutes of this match? Two? Three? I like mean, I, hang on. I've got the timings a bit further down on my list, I think. Swagger versus Kofi. Four minutes, 41 seconds. Commentary tell us that apparently Swagger is going to be wrestling Big E at the Chamber pay-per-view. Since when was that was a thing? Well, this is what we covered on the SmackDown. He became the he won the Fatal 4-Way. Brilliant. Uh, Kofi, t- long build this match has had. Uh, Kofi taps out to Swagger's ankle lock, aka the Patriot lock. So the winner is Jack Swagger. So this five week story we've been dealt, I can only judge from the last five weeks, that's what we've watched, of Swagger being the inferior member of the racist Americans is now completely over. He's fine. And all he needed was a slap from casual racist Seb Coulter to be in a title match with Big E. Because what Vince has probably done is gone this going, hmm, these guys are racist. What shows better work if we put him in the ring with someone who he might have ill feeling towards because of the colour of his skin? Ah, hang on, I've got an idea. <laughs> this is such good shit. <laughs> Fucking what happened hell. to the story? What was the point in the story? What were they... What were... <clears throat> this complete disregard for anything they've done over the past two months is just... <laughs> immensely frustrating to me well this was going to lead they were going to go oh well let's put swagger and um cesario together and have them go one-on-one and then they've pulled out at the last minute like a good christian boy and then it's all wow wow (laughs) do not skip past that line okay (laughs) 
Oh god, that was a great line. I'm gonna remember that one. Okay. Um but never mind that shit because the second Swagger has his hand raised, what happens, thanks? Hang on a minute. Uh rest uh Big E comes out. His suddenly, his entrance he appears because he's the number one you know, he's the champion, so he's come to confront mm. the number one contender. To scare so off the <laughs> scare off the racist. So we come back from ads, right? And we've got a two-on-one handicap match for some <laughs> fucking reason of former world heavyweight champion Drew McIntyre and former world heavyweight champion Jinder Mahal versus Big E. <laughs> the three MB, and I can't remember if Heath Slater had been fired at this stage. I think he was still around um, at this stage. He must have been, yeah, because he did all the drafts and the I Got Kids gimmick. So it's three MB minus one, <laughs> one player. So... uh. I've called them um, two M's because it's McIntyre and Mahal. Uh, no entrance for them, by the way. Uh, well, Zeb why would has they? A... Yeah, exactly. They've only got three hours to fill. Uh, Seb has a mic. Uh, it's constantly chatting shit at Big E from ringside. Uh, Seb seems to have forgotten his gimmick. He doesn't make one racist remark the whole way through the match. <laughs> I'm like, what? Where's your gimmick, mate? He sold it to Cesaro. Oh, that's weird. Uh, considering Seb's comments and signs over the past few weeks, Seb is surprisingly okay with Ginger and Drew. <laughs> He's behind them. Well, no problem there whatsoever. Yeah, they've got their papers. <laughs> and Cesaro. Yeah, but but, but uh, Seamus apparently didn't. No, well. Remember last week? Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <sighs> the lack of consistency. Um, bi- uh, biggie, big ending for Ginger, big ending for Drew. He just calls it the Big E at this point, doesn't he? Or does he call it the Big Ending? No, it's called the Big Ending. Okay, one, two, three. Big E wins, burying the former world heavyweight champions. And Big E is not a former world heavyweight champion. Just, just to point that out. Well, they hadn't been former know. world champions at this time. They're jobbing mm. out as a as a trio. Yeah, but there's something about Big E that I think is stopping Vince from making him a world heavyweight champion. It is very, very good and solid, and you know, excellent career. Hmm. What that thing is, I wonder. Hmm. I don't a know. Cave. The cape, would... <laughs> definitely the cape. That's what that's what he needs more of, more capes. <sighs> anyway, uh, Big E post-match promo. Lots of out-of-breath mumbling, then Big E goes, after this Sunday, your mouth won't be the only thing that's full of crap. <laughs> 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 Which is a hell of a line. So what else is going to be full of crap, Tax? Ah, uh, his socks. <laughs> his shoes. It's bag if Randy has got anything to do with it. <laughs> that bloody wiper. Oh, fucking great, isn't it? What was this line? I missed the beginning bit. I can be fucked to rewind it because I'm not going to spend half an hour waiting for the network to kick back in. So after this Sunday, your mouth won't be the only thing that's full of crap. What? <laughs> I don't get it. I basically, Biggie's going to take on Swagger in a shit as much as you can in Invitational. I don't know. Oh, because his pants are going to be full of shit because he has to wrestle Big E. Is that the, the line? I mean, that's the most logical explanation I could have thought of, so let's go with that. Mm. So mm. basically, I'm go- you're going to be speaking shit and I'm going to beat you up so much that you're going to crap yourself. You know how I was saying that, or you, you watched it, how Seb is shouting at Big E in the microphone the whole way through the match? Yeah? Yeah. But he doesn't say anything racist, which is kind of his gimmick. Probably because there is a man of colour in the ring. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
it's right there in front of you. It's a bit difficult to be a racist. But Seb really does himself proud as <laughs> he's walking away from the ring. Because he shouts back at Big E. <clears throat> we are going to own you. <laughs> Delightful. Virgil uh, style. Yeah, network freezes for the millionth time today on this one. It was lovely. Uh, Rusev is Russian. Here's a promo. Third he, one now? Fourth he'd one? like to thank his wife for being flexible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not quite that good promo, is it? It's it's getting like, you know, okay, let's put him on the show now. Come on, it's time to go. Machka! Yeah, exactly. Uh, Black History Month, so here's a bunch of people we didn't push. This month is Ron Simmons. Do you remember <laughs> when he was the WCW World Heavyweight Champion? I mean, I don't know if they've ever mentioned it ever on Black History Month, whether it's either him, Booker T, or Mark Henry that they mm. push. Oh, Isn't it great how... Sometimes they push Junkyard Dog. <laughs> Isn't it great how good we are? Look, in WCW, we put the belt on him. Wait, hang on. <laughs> was that you, Vince? Are you sure that was you? And, and they then went... Did you put the one just... weight belt on Rod Simmons, did you? <laughs> I like they then went after a go, and then they paved the way for future champions. Booker T. Our truth. <laughs> Kofi. Ah, fuck. We've run out. <laughs> they, they show Mark Henry holding the World Heavyweight Championship when he wasn't the World Heavyweight Champion. <laughs> I was just like, no, you can't do that. Just because he lifted the belt in some promo shot or after some beatdown one does not mean you can fucking claim. Ah, oh, it's fucking stupid, man. Um, Chamber promo so, yeah. next, though. Wait, hang on, hang on. There's, in this Black History Month thing, there's also a montage after they show Ron Simmons the World Heavyweight Belt, there's a montage of WWE guys who happen to be black gentlemen holding everything but the World Heavyweight Championship belts. And I'm like, come on, guys. You're not doing yourself any favors here. And then, you know, and then with say, the IC, they sit with the tag belts, with the Divas, whatever. None of them are World Heavyweight Champions. You're like, fuck this company, man. Truth, truth holding a belt, but not showing it was the US belt unless you look really closely. <laughs> it's the jingly belt from his old gear. <laughs> the belt on. <laughs> but the best bit of this, so then they go on to say, you know, Cole, Lawler and, and JBL on commentary go, oh, the JBL's like, oh, he's he's my boy, he's my bro, he's really happy, great way to be honoured. And then Michael Cole, boo, goes to go, and I guarantee you I know what Ron Simmons will be doing this Sunday, he'll be watching the Elimination Chamber. Will he fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking A. Um, so, you know how there's the Elimination Chamber graphics and promo stuff? Yes. What do you think of the dubstep that they've got playing behind it? This is where WWE are trying to switch up their music uh, likes to become a little bit more current. Uh, it, yeah, it didn't offend me. It sounds a bit like a sheep being slaughtered. Exactly, from a farming background, it didn't offend me. Hmm. <sighs> Renee backstage again. She's getting a bit mean gene levels here. It's not every segment, but it is. <laughs> I mean, I mean if we're going to call that out, let's call out Tony Schiavone. Oh, I love Tony Schiavone. He can get away with whatever he wants. <laughs> Renee with the earring, the bling. Oh, mate. <laughs> totally would. Uh, Renee backstage interview with... It's John Cena. Cena puts over all the WWE's promising young superstars. I'm like, who would you say he's talking about, Tax? Who are these young superstars that he sees in this main event scene in the future? Mark Henry. Um... <laughs> Randy Orton, Dave Bautista, mm. who they pitched as young when he's in Evolution, he was actually like seventy years older than Flair. Um, oh, Mark Jindrak. <laughs> so <laughs> beyond 
So Drew Roman Dragon, right? Those are the three that made it to the main event in 2020, 2021, 2019 sort of time. Kofi? Mm, does that count? I'm counting it because it's Black History Month. <laughs> okay, there we go. There's a few, but you know what I'm getting at here. They haven't developed any new stars in seven years. Any is strong, but not as many as they maybe should have. Anyway, so um, John Cena versus Cesaro is next. Uh, Cesaro has Jack Swagger and Casual Racer Seb Corter with him for like, what, the fifth time tonight? Uh, a quick replay of Cesaro being all and clean on SmackDown last Friday. I'm very happy with that. But Cesaro is meant to be a heel and he's getting a huge face pop here. <laughs> Cesaro a second as well. That was yeah. the, like since Cena out before Odd. the ad break. I suppose that's to keep people from switching over. But by the looks of things, they left Cena in the ring to try and do pomp and allure to the crowd. And mm. <laughs> Cena just looked awkward with this crowd to try and G them up today. Yeah. So this is the match we were talking about oh, earlier, right? Yes. Hang on, because... wait, no, I was talking about the six man. What were you talking about? Because <laughs> <laughs> I may not be the biggest John Cena fan, especially in 2014 when I feel like he's he's very much Super Cena. He's just over because he's John Cena. But he's definitely reached the point whereby he's now willing to... He, he's so comfortable at the top that he's willing to let other guys have a lot of space in the match and do get a lot of shit in, basically. Cesaro in 2014... Like, this is the one thing I texted you about during the week. I think I texted you about today. Just going, my God, Cesaro in 2014. He's maybe one of the most impressive in-ring talents they've, I've ever seen. It's incredible. He, Once-in-a-lifetime athlete is Cesaro. There's a point when I vividly can picture it right now. Cena has Cesaro in an armbar. So, um, Cena's standing, Cesaro's on the floor. Armbar. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, and Cesaro, without using his arms, like, at all, or without bracing off Cena, at, what is he, six foot five, something like that, like, 250 pounds, kips up <laughs> with zero effort, and I'm like, what? <laughs> How the fuck did he just do that? It's like he just kind of, like, throws his leg forward, and his whole body just goes vertical suddenly, you're like, what the fuck? Like, try, l- listening, people listening right now, Lie down on your floor. Try and get to your feet without using your upper torso in any way. <laughs> it's like, ow. He's such a natural. There's no hesitation in anything he does in the ring. It's so easy to suspend your disbelief and like get involved in his matches. Because it's, it's completely believable. It's like the best bits of movie or TV or whatever. Like you just, You're fully invested in anything he does. His uppercuts. His move. Oh. Just the way he transitions between moves is something. There's something really enjoyable about watching it, and it doesn't matter. I, like even though we've said you know, he hasn't had the opportunity to showcase himself, and I think that's fair until his match with Orton, and now this match with Cena, which was even better. They've never given him more than like five minutes to express himself. Yeah. And we saw it when it's... Cena won the US belt a few years later and he did like the US Open Challenge and then he had another absolute barnstorm with Cesaro. That's when Cena started doing the springboard stunner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's like Miro right now for me is Cesaro in 2014. Like He's just absolutely primed. It's like just strap the rocket to him, put him over, give him a mouthpiece. That's obviously Vince's concern is that he, 
He's not the clearest promo in the world. Maybe not the best promo ever, but I mean, it's certainly not horrific. But not like John Cena level main event promo. Like I, I may not be a big Cena fan, as I've said, but his promo, great, absolutely great. One of the when, very best. When they put Heyman with him, when Cesaro oh. became a Paul Heyman guy, I honestly How did thought that not work. You know what I mean? That should have been it. Yeah, that should have been his picture, his his route straight to that main event because it works so well. It's and that's what he needs. He said, you know, Cesaro can cut a promo. I, you know, the difference between him and Miro is Miro's promos, I believe, and it's not because, but it's. Yeah, I know it sounds silly, but Cesaro's accent is the thing that I think people don't get on board. It's the same people who go, "Oh, Shinsuke and Asuka can't cut promos because they're ignorant." <laughs> it's simply put. Yeah. But I think you're called Americans. <laughs> <laughs> just a joke. Just as our listenership again plummets. <laughs> like I we... give a fuck. Not about but, them. But it's yeah, it's it's Fucking crazy how someone <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Buy a t shirt, love us. Subscribe. But the um yeah, the fact that this man like I responded to you as well earlier, it's taken them seven years to let him have a singles main belt match it's, it blows my mind it's maddening isn't it yeah so the story of this match is fucking cracking mate it's so good Cesaro is insane he's out grappling out striking Cena whether this is Cena's choice or not I don't really know because it looks like Cesaro is just going no we're doing this John <laughs> it's so good to see uh, Cesaro's throwing in spots he shouldn't be able to do flying off the ropes he sells like a boss when he needs to but never oversells no sells a couple of things from Cena which is great fun even Cena I would say does a really good job in this match he sells really genuinely maybe he's shattered because they're in Denver and it's a mile high or whatever like above sea level but he's even throwing in a couple of fun spots here and there he does a runner at one point that <laughs> Cesaro basically gives himself I would say using John Cena yeah, but you said on the subject of selling, like the two times he escaped Cesaro's swing, like the urgency of Cena to get out of yeah, there, the facial expressions absolutely. he gave. It's great. It's marine level facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking A. So um, I don't know why they never called it this. The pop up cut, right? The pop up cut was amazing. Pop up up cut. Let's just call it the pop up cut. <laughs> It's a much better name. Uh, for Cesaro, goes into the giant swing, but it's reversed when Cesaro then gives himself a DDT using John Cena. <laughs> All I'm hearing now is Galatan's going, beat up John Cena! DDT from John Cena! <laughs> By the time they get to the second giant swing and Cesaro reverses the FU, where he just flips over onto his feet, I'm like, Jesus Christ, Like maybe he's going to win this. But an FU later, one, two, three, John Cena wins. Super Cena, it's 2014, obviously he wins. Uh, genuinely awesome match. Really enjoyed it. Cesaro's incredible. Uh, good of Cena to give him so much in the match. Again, whether he wanted to or not, who really knows? Who cares? It was just so much fun. Um, not that there's been a great deal to compete with on these past six weeks, but this is match of the series so far by quite a long way, I would say. I was going to say that. I said, you know, I know we're focusing on Dragon and he's had some good matches when he's wrestled, but nothing has been of this level of essentially, guys, you're, you've got no story going to this. Go out and put on a clinic, but make people care. And they did. There was no story for this other than they're fighting on Sunday in the chamber. 
Mm-hmm. He beat Orton last week. Can he beat the big dog? But it was so good and it was so refreshing after the absolute shit we've watched for six weeks. Yeah, it's like actually to have a match with a story that you get invested in. It's it's, it's this is the first time in six weeks I've actually had this on this show. Because I don't remember this Raw because I knew he beat Orton, as you said. The likelihood was he was going to be he was going to lose to Cena. But there were moments genuinely watching this, I thought, oh, hang on. Is he actually going to do it? Yeah. Maybe he should have. Oh, he definitely should have. Cena didn't need to win this. Imagine if Cesaro won the chamber and goes on to wrestle Batista in the main event, but we give Dragon, I don't know, CM Punk or something. I would have well, paid for that. Well, I mean, Punk Dragon would have been good, but they've done it so many times before. But yeah. having um, I'm saying Cesaro like, you know, versus if, if Batista, Vin- I'd love that match. Big, strong, powerhouse Batista against... Agile, I'm not going to take anything from you, Cesaro. Like, this Cesaro we're seeing here. Like, no selling for Batista's shit. Like, that would fucking be awesome in a main event. I'd pop like crazy. Looks good on a promo poster as well. (laughs) I mean, if we're not going to have Dragon in the main event, which does seem to still be something they're kind of angling for occasionally. I know that maybe they're working us at this point. They definitely weren't before, but maybe they are now. I'm just throwing it out there. Like, as an alternative, like, do you think... There is space for Cesaro to be pushed to that main event in 2014. No, unfortunately okay. not. I this it's is the tricky, thing we've said. Sure. Be- this is the thing we've said before about Cesaro. And it's the same thing we've said about Dolph, and it's the same thing we've said, unfortunately, about Kofi. Even though he got his mania moment, they've ruined those three talents alone by dicking about with them for so long, never pulling the trigger, never giving them a chance to have a be a main event talent. That now. Like Cesaro, even though it was nice to see him against Roman and everyone started trying... like Cesaro got the Brian slash Kofi pre-mania. Everyone's like, oh, he should have... Someone should let him have one. He's been around for so long. Like Everyone seems to get one each year. There's always one wrestler that comes out of that mid-card and everyone latches onto. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have taken seven years to get Cesaro yeah, to, sure. to give him that opportunity. But the problem is, as we said, they've they've blown their chance because now the perception is Cesaro, he is not a main event player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got quite a bit to get through. I'm already 90 minutes in, so let's fly through some of this stuff. Um, the next segment's really fucking funny. Uh, Orton and Triple H have a little chat back- <laughs> backstage. Triple H runs down all the people that have beaten Orton. Orton thanks Triple H and I'm like oh that's right Randy on your knees boy (laughs) (laughs) bow down to the king (laughs) bend over for the king Uh, Orton bad mouth that's what Steph says to Trips (laughs) Orton bad mouth Batista to Triple H Batista is standing right behind Orton like oh don't you hate it when that happens Orcs, so as the kids would call it. Not orcs yeah. as in the goblins. <laughs> they would be better in this, to be fair. Can you imagine um, all the goblins? To, and we've had zombies, so we just have loads of goblins <laughs> right behind Orton, right? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I was going to start to make Warhammer jokes, but let's move on. Uh, for the second week in a row, that's probably better than this show, but anyway. Uh, for the second week in a row, someone says Randy isn't the face of the WWE. He's not the dick this time. He's the ass. Uh, speaking of dicks and asses, <laughs> here's Bertie to uh, read off some shitty generic lines. 
Batista gives Bertie a shove, and everyone just kind of stands around in silence for about twenty seconds. It's and um, quietly applauds. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, there's a replay of the primetime player splitting up that we talked about earlier. Uh, Ch- T- Titus cuts a promo. <laughs> Titus tells us. <laughs> My God, his voice cracking is well funny. Um, there's a bit in this promo where Titus tells us champion is spelt T-I-T-U-S. <laughs> Titus cannot spell. <laughs> Don't be a bully, be a star. <laughs> Oh, God. Speaking of which... Uh, and also, we, we d- didn't d- mention d- as well d- the d- sex d- where he, hand, he handed the microphone to Ren and said, hold that, sweetheart. Yeah. Creepy. And then he handed her the microphone. <sighs> oh, so creepy. I love the ski games. It's those Matadores. Two Mexican lads come out in bullfighter gear. Wait a minute. Are they from Puerto Rico? My point exactly. It's great. Isn't it? So, uh, not Los Matadors of Diego and Fernando. I didn't know that was their names. <laughs> <laughs> and Sin Hunicara uh, versus <laughs> El Torito. Oh, sorry, with El Torito. Not versus El Torito. <laughs> that might be unfair. <laughs> with El Torito. Michael Nee. Uh, versus <laughs> the, <laughs> the Wyatt family. Oh my God, they're going to kill them. Of Bray Wyatt, Eric Rowan, and Luke Harper. Again, great seeing Brody here. God, I miss him. Uh, but, but what is it about Lost Matadors, okay, and Hunikara that they have in common tax? What is it about them that makes WWE think they would be a good team, exactly, do you think? I mean, I just can't put my finger on why they would be put together, tax. They'd right? all brought red gear with them this week. Yeah, yeah, just convenient. They just saw the gear and were like, oh, you guys would be great in the six-person tag, right? Yeah. One of them was in a Scooby-Doo movie. I think it was The Bull. I don't, uh, don't want to go on about it too much because, I mean, you know, comedy and shit. But it is kind of terrifying how if you are of a race, <laughs> the person who you're associated with in WWE is like almost 90% going to be of that race also. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I'm going with the idea of they needed a single star who could match gear and was also a bit lighter to go against the big br- burly Is that why Mansoor and Ali are now in a little thing together in WWE in 2021? Is that yeah. why? Yeah, exactly. Pure racism. No, sorry. No. <laughs> no. Mansoor is going to win at the Saudi show later this year, so they need to give him... Um, a good tag team partner, although I suspect that they will split Mansoor and Ali up heading into Saudi so Mansoor can win the world title. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, you great, know, um, MBS uh, would really much like a Saudi world champion, so he will get what he wants. Because if not, Vince McMahon will be leaving in various <laughs> bags. Thanks for that blood money. Oh, we could do a show in Saudi. <laughs> I love Rip Baker. Uh, Wyatt's beat the piss out of the Matadors. Hin, hin, well, I can't say that word. Hin, hin, Hunikara, there you go. Does some spots with Brody. Again, Brody's the only one that can take any heat for the Wyatts because they, they really need a fucking cooler, don't they? Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I did enjoy the fact they, <laughs> they let the Wyatts throw the bull around a bit. That was good fun. 
Well, there's a point where you have the opportunity for Brody to literally just yeet El Torito across the ring and they don't really take it. And I'm like, come on, it's right there. But they, they do bits and bobs of them. It's kind the of Matadors funny, fluffed their double Tope Suicida where one yeah. of them landed on their feet and the other one landed on his face. Could say they need a murder clown. Oh, I'm so disappointed that they didn't win the trios belts in AAA last weekend. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I hadn't kept track. Well, of, of course you wouldn't, they because didn't ta- AAA they didn't don't advertise their shows. <laughs> <laughs> the clowns didn't take a loss, did they? They did. Did they actually take a proper loss? Like, they got pinned? Yeah. Whoa, I think that's the first time in about 20 years that any of them have taken a loss. Yeah, unbelievable. But don't, don't worry. Well, they're already we- selling to come to Triple Mania. Like, were they going to win them back, obviously? Oh, I bloody hope so. Because don't if worry, listener. Bringing. Next month, Triple Mania, we've got Kenny and Andrade. We've got Diana Perosa and uh, Fabio Apache. Maravere. Oh, is it Apache or is it Maravere? Oh, I thought it was Fabio Apache. You might be right. I can't remember. And obviously, we, had, um, we saw the wonderful promo from Mr. Iguana for last weekend's show as well. So I can't wait to get back into Seven AAA. minutes of him talking to a puppet. <laughs> like, this is AAA. It's so good. It's Bray Wyatt's promo. <laughs> so to finish off this match, uh, Tornado Lariat by Brody, uh, Sister Abigail by Bray, Hunakara is done for the one, two, three, and the Wyatts win, surprisingly. Uh, no shield run. And I'm like, do you even do wrestling, bro? Busy. They're filming yeah. their pre-tape. Got something else to do later tonight, apparently. Um, old Age Outlaws, which they mocked someone for saying, and I'm like, fuck you, I'm still going to call you it. <laughs> old Age Outlaws already in the ring, negating their entrance. You know, the best thing about them. Well, they had to be wheeled down in their, their wheelchairs first so they can't walk very far because they're so old. Oh, still can't believe they pre-taped the, oh, you didn't know? It's so stupid. Uh, they do the quick, do you remember our shtick? Sing along with the old guy's routine. Uh, we've got a match here, which is Billy Gunn versus Jey Uso. <laughs> Who Dan Housen on Twitter started calling Billy Ass. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's going to be the Outlaws versus the Usos at the Chamber, hence why we're getting this match. Uh, I Dog say Oos, you say O, Oos. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Road Dog and Jimmy Uso are on commentary. And uh, what did you think of their commentary tags? Better than the three-man booth. There's a couple of moments that pop me. I'm going to be honest. It's annoying when the camera focuses 70% on the commentary table and 30% on the match that's happening in the ring. But I mean, it's Billy Gunn. Who gives a fuck, really? You know, I like Billy Gunn. Don't get me wrong. But this match is just nothing, right? Jimmy held his own on commentary because I got the I got the yeah. feeling that Billy Gunn was trying to silence him and and Jimmy Road basically. Dog, yeah, that's fine. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. And Jimmy Uso basically shut him up. Like some of yeah. the things he called out, you could say. Well, Road Dog was like, what's that got to do with this match? <laughs> and Michael Cole wetting himself laughing. That yeah, was all good. Yeah, Michael Cole's got the worst sense of humor in existence. But anyway, um, there are a couple of good line and one-liners in this. Uh, the crowd start to chant CM Punk again. Jay rolls up Billy Gunn for the one, two, three. Jerry wins. Uh, Usos do a post-match house dive. And it's like, house show dive, sorry. And uh, I have one note about this match. What a shit sandwich. Ah, so that's what else is going to be filled with shit after this Sunday. <laughs> Catering's uh, changed a lot in WWE over the last <laughs> seven years. Mm, yummy. So Byron Saxon, it's, it's, have you, you haven't seen Smile Tap, have you? No. That's the thing about uh, bass guitars turning things up to 11, right? Pain. Listeners, 
<laughs> appreciate my pain right now. How dare you? I watched Peter Rabbit 2 this weekend. It was incredible. <sighs> and shits on Doc Tanyon. Never watched Doc Tanyon. I've seen kids' YouTube videos Agreed. with better video quality than Doc Tanyon. Agreed. Yeah, the animation's awful, isn't it? There's no it's, lighting. It's, it's everything's so just shit. yellow. <laughs> Did they animate it in France during a power cut? <laughs> Why France? Oh, because that's where they're yeah, from. Okay. <laughs> that was a, a, that was a dead slice of the French. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, what have you got against French animators? <laughs> especially, not after the whole sh- especially not after the whole Charlie Hebdo thing with their animation, which was very, very accurate and Ooh. got them all killed. Jesus Christ, that's the French so are very careful. good at animation. Jesus Christ, thanks. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Out of left field a bit. Um, Byron Saxton, Baxter, I can't get over that comment. That was awesome. <laughs> Ooh, um, I'm never going to be able to travel out of this country <laughs> even after, you get out after COVID. I'm not going to explain it, just in case no one got it that matters. So let's move on. Uh, Byron Saxton backstage with Seamus. Uh, Seamus recites his boring fucking script again. His promos are fucking awesome awful in 2014 but i love to fight he literally says at one point i'm gonna give him a beating irish style you're like what the fuck does that mean with his weird eyes irish style cole immediately a second seamus stops talking completely emotionless goes seamus versus autumn next (laughs) like this is your main event dickhead that's because they know what they're about to witness god so, uh, replay of SmackDown, Seamus accidentally giving his tag team partner, Christian, a big booty. Uh, Seamus boot. Wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Who's booty? Yeah, I realized as I said it. Anyway, um, Seamus versus Christian will have a match on SmackDown before the chamber. Great. Yay. Uh, get excited, Denver, Colorado. It's time for your main event of the evening. It's WWE World Heavyweight Champion, the pinnacle of the company, Randy Orton versus Sheamus. Now, 2020-2021 Sheamus, I'm a big fucking fan of. 2020-2021 Randy Orton, I'm kind of a fan of. I think he does some good work, got some funny shit in there, you know what I mean? 2014 Randy Orton and Sheamus is another fucking story entirely heavily scripted underprepared that's what my note is for this match underprepared these two i get the impression when they like when Seamus allowed to do a Seamus style match and beat the tar out of people that's when he really really excels and that's what we're seeing with his us title run at the moment and his stuff with drew was very very good and randy orton's basically doesn't care anymore so by not caring or following instruction he's actually mildly average but certainly better than he has been but here where they're so scripted this match is so overproduced they don't listen to the fans like you you hear this you hear this whole concept like from an in-ring standpoint of call it in the ring which is which is fine and obviously a lot of people do but this is the match i would expect to see a trainee who's maybe had 10 matches go up Mm. against a trainee with one or two matches or even their first match literally They've macho manned it. They've planned every single spot, everything meticulously, to the point where the fans don't care. Oh, don't call that macho manning it. I know what you mean. That you mean about overplanning a match. Oh no, no, not even overplanning. As in literally 
every detail of the match is prepared before going yeah, out yeah. there and you don't yeah. deviate from that plan because it's a, uh, that's a classic Dreadful, macho man thing. Yeah. Whereas these guys... The match I knew what he was the, doing. Yeah, these two don't. They've planned yeah. a match and at least with Cena when he's been wrestling in these main events, he can get the crowd interested. The in-ring quality is shit, but he can get a reaction out of the crowd. <laughs> this... Didn't beat around the bush there. It was straight for the head. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. But this match... They get no reaction. They just work their spots that they've prepared in catering, not spoken to each other about it, and waited for the finish. And that's literally, yeah. basically, this is house show match by numbers till the end of the match. So the best thing about the match is it's a shame for fame, lobster, lobster. <laughs> which is something you should definitely bring back just to pop me on one show at some point in the future. Um him versus Drew lines. with their original, <laughs> with their original musics would be very good. Yeah, I, I forget he's got that theme in 2014. So whenever like Sheamus is coming out, I'm like, oh, I like a bit of Sheamus. Then it's terrible matches. But I always two men in lines, two men in lines. <laughs> so I started to spot a pattern in this match. Like I'm not a professional wrestler. I've watched a lot of wrestling, so I understand how a lot of it is formatted. I don't remember matches quite like this. So I wrote some of it down to demonstrate <laughs> the issue that I have with this match. And the I look forward matching. to this. I look forward to this. Uh, if you're um, back in training, uh, mm. listener, Important if you are a wrestler, <laughs> study this match and roll it out at your next training session if you never want to be invited back. Not exaggerating. Okay? want to emphasize that. We sat through this show so you don't have to. Remember that shit. Okay, remember how good the Cesaro Cena match was. I don't like Cena matches often. That was fucking awesome. They follow it, was... it with this piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Lock up. Stall on the outside. Headlock. Stall on the outside. <laughs> Lock up. Struggle in the corner. Stall on the outside. Exchange of strike or two. Stall on the outside. Lock up. Stall on the outside. Backdrop. Stall on the outside. Crotch Seamus on the top rope. Adverts. Headlock. Stall on the outside. I'm like, fire and ice. Do you get it? <laughs> Every single fucking thing they do, they immediately stall on the outside for like 30 seconds to a minute. It's awful. It's mind-numbingly boring. Even when they got into the part like when Seamus is doing like the, the clubs to the chest and Orton like managed to escape white noise uh, with a backbreaker and a hanging DDT. Even after that, the, Orton's been like, headlock. It's like, fucking hell. This was awful. They, they cut to adverts after crotching Seamus on the top rope. You know how usually they come back from adverts and they show you, oh, the amazing thing that happened during the adverts. You know, someone takes a run to the outside or something like that, just a spot or, you know, someone chock blocks the knee so you know the rest of the story going into the matches. He's got to get over this knee injury and has he, has he damaged his knee so badly that he can't come back from it, et cetera, et cetera. Orton shatter the fan's cup. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But like anything to give you some attachment to what's happening so that you care about the end of the show. Like, that's really all they have to do. It's very simple. They, they, they crotch Seamus on the top rope, and I'm like, oh, okay, Randy's cheating. Seamus is kind of a face character. Okay, at least that makes some sort of sense. Do the adverts. They come back from the adverts. He's in a fucking headlock. They're like, what? And then they show a little replay, and it was Randy putting Seamus in a headlock. <laughs> They're like, are you taking the piss? Working smart. <laughs> a cliche and all but that's literally what they show what the fuck is this match tax it's dreadful this is 
one of the worst matches I've seen in a very long time. Hey, think about the amount of times these guys have wrestled and the, the chants you've heard during their matches. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Randy Savage. What? This match sucks. Boo! Michael Cole. People would rather cheer for Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, and the fucking competition than either of these guys in these matches when these two wrestle. I wonder deep down on the inside as we're about to get to the, the finish of this, this match. They've both gone, oh, that's the finish, is it? Don't need to do anything. <laughs> don't, don't need to worry about it, do we? Because no one's going to remember yeah. this match. They're just going to remember the finish. I mean, we talked about it a bit earlier with uh, Dragon and his matches with uh, Christian and Kane. Obviously, you know, they got the pay-per-view coming up at the weekend. I understand not wanting to do much, but like this is taking it to a different level, you know, not doing anything. This level of wrestling is old WWE coming over to the UK and expecting that the fans will have a good time because WWE is here, but the in-ring stuff doesn't have to be up to scratch. This, mm. inverted commas, main event, I have watched IPW shows with better matches than this. I've watched your matches better than this. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. This is much better than all of my matches. <laughs> nah, never. At least you've got a fun gimmick that I can actually latch onto. Well, as I said, if, if, if the same rule goes for Ring of Honor, I'm certainly not going to be working this year if we can't bring streamers because my <laughs> I'm an entrance. I might literally only get over because of my entrance. That's it. That's literally it. See, Seamus is almost an entrance, but he's not. He's just a theme song, really. <laughs> he's not even an entrance. Oh, man. doesn't even have the white out at the beginning of his entrance, which is the best thing about Seamus, you know? <laughs> yes, he does. He never gets tanned, so he's always got the white out. <laughs> it's like a nuclear explosion goes off on the stage every time. It's great. <laughs> That's someone's gimmick. I think it's Botchamania or something. Anyway, after a week of the WWE Network being absolutely fucking shite for me and freezing and buffering constantly, it was like really, really bad. Uh, they really seem to have sorted those issues today because that 10-second skip button works like a fucking treat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sheamus warms up for the bro kick as the crowd goes absolutely fucking silent. <sighs> He's like beating his chest, doing the brogue, brogue thing, and there is no one making a sound in this fucking arena. Just one bloke in the back goes, is he saying bro or brogue <laughs> like the shoe? <laughs> Brown brogues. Yeah? Brown brogues. Yeah. Shield run in for the DQ. Oh, interesting. What's the Shield doing here? These aren't the Wyatts. Why are they attacking Seamus? Why? Why, why, why? Mm. Well, we know they have some attachment to the authority angle, right? That's kind of a thing that was happening a month or so ago? Or is this the first time this happened? I think this is the first time they're linked. Because obviously the whole idea was going to be, long term, that Punk was going to be behind the shield. Purpose yeah, I'm running Punk. into the issue of I kind of know what's going to happen. So uh, not, there, nothing's happened over the six weeks with uh, the authority and the shield at all, has it? Nope, nothing at all. Well, other than, they, other they, than... They, they beat up Dragon. Well, was that on Punk? SmackDown? Oh, I don't remember. There's definitely a handicap match. Oh, that was before this. This was this is the Rumble when they they were doing because Dragon was against the Wyatts and Punk was against the Shield in the three. Oh, that was back in the Ascension ceremony bollocks stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, Connor and Victor ceremony. So there is. So there is. (laughs) (laughs) That'll never not be funny to me. Um, So there is some association between the Authority Angle group and the the Shield. Well, not really, because Punk wasn't. I suppose that they did that with the benefit of Trips and Steph, right? Well, no, because then Kane went out and did him in the Rumble. 
So did he? <laughs> I missed that bit. <laughs> That's why he quit. Unsafe workplace. Bit him over and like spit on his hand. All right, boy. The devil's favourite David Starr got involved. <laughs> oh, you had to go there. I was trying to make it funny. You made it serious, you douche. <laughs> tax um, avoid tax evader, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Please don't sue us. It's not real. We're not real. We're just bots. Um Seamus warms up for the broker. The crowd goes silent. She'll do the DQ run in. Hero Cena and Dragon to even up the Steins a little bit, but the shield still beat them down. <laughs> and then Seamus comes out and beats up both the shield and oh. the chamber people. I, d- I didn't notice Seamus and Cesaro and Christian, right? Wait, hang on. What? No, I didn't notice Seamus. Sorry, I've got ahead of myself. Yes, you are right. Here come the Wyatts in the blackout. Okay, they'll do their thing. <laughs> so the shields and the Wyatts. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> So the shield, the lights come back on. Shield and the Wyatts are standing in the ring opposite each other, and they finally get into a brawl. And I'm like, "Yeah, let's go, build, well done, boys." I like that they teased us about it, and they finally gave us a little something as this show went off the air. But the funniest bit about this whole segment was when the blackout happens. Um, Christian and Cesaro aren't in the ring, but then the lights come up, and they are in the ring. And I'm like, <laughs> are they part of the Wyatts? They got caught in that magic corridor, and they're walking down, and the Wyatts go. Don't worry. Yep, yep. And then they look at how did we transport here? They're not even wearing overall sacks. Isn't that what we're... <laughs> Unbelievable. Bad booking. Bad planning. Zero cornflakes in the Astrodome. Uh, so funny. Everyone has a little brawl. And we're out of here. What a crock of shit that show was. One good match in the middle. The Cena-Cesaro match is the reason for me why this is not getting zero cornflakes. Yeah... I think I enjoyed this more than the last other four weeks of Raw we've done. I think that's because I know I'm going to get a pay-per-view, so I don't need to really worry too much about storylines. And this should be the setup for Mania. And as we keep saying, surely, surely three hours of Raw in 2014 with one of the most important storylines in the last decade of WWE is going to boost our interest in this product. I'm just absolutely praying that Chamber is a relatively fun pay-per-view and we can enjoy it. And hopefully there's some silly shit in there as well that we can joke about. Um, and it's not just really fucking serious the oh, whole time. Well, we didn't mention, stuff. we didn't mention earlier that they announced oh, well, that it was going to be Darren Young versus Titus at the pay-per-view as well. <laughs> well, there we go. There's the bullshit we can laugh about. So we've got that. And fun. also we're going to have Whites and Shields, so that's going to be good. You'd like to think so, at least. I, I I struggle when I can't see someone in the match that can take a pinfall, you know? I mean, I'm... It just... I, I don't care. I think it's going to be good. And considering we've watched one good match, <laughs> we've watched one good match yeah, in four yeah, weeks. I get it. Yeah, I mean, everyone sure. likes a rumble. This is good wrestling. Okay. But, yeah, this was... This is becoming harder each week. And I'm going to make sure... Ooh. I think this is this is my issue... So the last couple of weeks I've watched Raw, I've been watching it after I've watched Dynamite. So I'm going to make sure I watch Chamber this week before I do Dynamite, just to make sure that isn't blurring or putting a more negative spin on Raw. So should we agree to record on a Tuesday rather than a Thursday just to make sure that doesn't happen again for you? Oh, we we, we aim for the Tuesday, but bloody... Bloody sure. England and the Euros being quite a good football tournament, you know, it's keeps getting in the way, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah but we we we, <laughs> should, we still aim to we still aim to do a Tuesday. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll do Tuesday next week just to make sure that that doesn't get in the way of uh, AEW and stuff. Because I can see that the disparity between the two shows becomes a problem because you have certain standards of wrestling and then you watch this bollocks and you're like, fucking hell. And then but, I'll um, watch this before Dynamite and Dynamite will be even better. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Um, so I'm looking forward to hopefully having something to latch onto for Chamber because then we've got one, two, three, four, five, six weeks of Raw and that's WrestleMania 30. And I'm hoping and praying that we have some story with Daniel Bryan to really latch onto. I'm not convinced there is. And I'm intrigued to see how they're going to tell the story of Dragon getting to that main event. Because we know he gets there, but I don't think he does at Elimination Chamber from what I remember. So how's it going to happen? Well, that's why we're doing the pod series. (laughs) So just checking... So the um, the matches we've had announced so far for this card. So the pre-show, which we're not going to cover, is going to be Cody and Goldust against Rybaxel. We've got Big E defending the IC belt against Jack Swagger. We've got the Old Age Outlaws defending the belts against the Usos. We've got Titus versus Darren Young. We've got the Wyatts against the Shield. We've got Bertie versus Big Dave. And then we've got the Chamber match. And I think... I think... We are going to get a women's match. Oh, no women's match on this card tonight, by the way. No. We're going to get a women's match at the chamber. Hmm. Lot of shit there, isn't it? But a couple of things I care about. I like the idea of Cesaro and Dragon being in the same match in the chamber. So what I thought I'd do uh, very, very quickly. um, Cena, to be fair. But yeah, go on. Well, I type this in. So obviously we've covered Raw going in and going into the chamber it might be worth if i have a quick look at what happened on smackdown leading into the chamber do you not want to do that before chamber because it's like the last bit of build before chamber i suppose so because you know we've got a three-hour pay-per-view to go through though so i didn't know if we wanted me to have a wonderful uh wonderful intro but yeah okay with the pay-per-views is that there's usually just matches there's not like segments in between so there's not like that much to talk about really especially with the chamber match what we're going to do be like this person eliminate this person there's a couple of good spots you know well just having a look at the match card um yeah i was right there'll be a ladies match on there but i won't announce it in case it's something important happens on smackdown but including the pre-show which we're not going to cover there are eight matches Mm, so seven on the main card yeah, I think I think we'll go. We'll do do the rundown of SmackDown before the um, Elimination Chamber to kind of give the last bit of build. You know, I, I like keeping the format where you do that at the beginning because I like how to see you change how you do it each week. Interesting. <laughs> you you mean how hideously unprepared I am each week? <laughs> it depends. Sometimes you put a lot of effort, and sometimes you're just like, yeah, it's a bit shit, when it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, great. That's how well, I like feel this about week. wrestling sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, it depends how inspired it gets you. <laughs> Cornflake rate the show so we can go home. Because I enjoyed Cesaro so much, I think it sneaks into two, but it's it's everything else in this show is almost on the minus rating. Like that opening segment, Jesus Christ, six guys cutting the same fucking promo one after the other. Bukake! Two, yeah, two rubbish Daniel Bryan matches. I'm like, how often do you say that? You know, but um, that Cesaro Cena match was so much fun. Like, yeah, I think it sneaks the two just because of that. I'm still a one cornflake for this. I think because I watched it all in one sitting bar, you know, stopping to get some lunch in between. Yeah, it was it was terrible. Like you said, again, we've got Sin Hunikara and the Matadors being put together because Ugh. of because we've got classic Vince McMahon racism. We've got 
shoddy in-ring action. Nobody's working anything interesting in here until you get to Cesaro and Cena. But it's not enough for me for three hours of Raw. It's a one cornflake rating for me going into the chamber. And as you said, it's a real shame. Like We've had, like you mentioned at the start of the pod, we've had a couple of episodes where they've started teasing Daniel Bryan as the top babyface. And then the last few weeks, they've just gone, oh, um, that lad from Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah give him a match. The bearded one. Yeah, that'll do. Everyone beats Randy Orton. That's the story of this show. In the last Except Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best Christian we've ever seen? Well, he is so more devious and angry and vicious. There's with the kill switching games. There's some serious, gigantic logic holes in these stories. <laughs> you convinced me. I think it's a one, actually. I, th- I think even that Cesaro Cena match doesn't get it above one. Yeah, I'm going to drop it back down to a one. Anyway, well, wrestlingpodcast.com is the best place to find all your shiznit for us. Stealing JR's line. Uh, I'm Fanboy Rich on the old Twitter machine. How about yourself? I'm at the Tex Williams. I am considering throwing my wrestling gear in the bin because I really can't be dealing with it anymore. <laughs> Keep it. We'll cut some funny promos and stuff. It'd be fun when we're allowed to. What, me with my gut hanging over my gold pants? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. Oh, and, I thought of um, oh, more importantly, for the more importantly, follow us on Twitter at World of Rest Pod. That's the best way to interact with the podcast, get all the updates, and occasionally some wonderful witticisms from us. I'm going to put a really awkward delay in here. Well, I seem to remember that I had something I wanted to put at the end of the pod. Ooh, Ooh give me one second. No, no problem. My hard drive's frozen. Don't worry about it. Goodbye, everyone. Love you. See you next week. Elimination Chamber, the second pay-per-view. God, I hope it's better than the last one. The louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Get, 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 get,